show with this opinionated jerk and his little brother give our take on how to live your best life i am Ibn Latif. what's up guys i'm kayla sean welcome to our world folks thank you for tuning in you are in for an interesting ride buckle up the word heathen in this universe called the heathen's guide to life is actually an endearing term a heathen is simply someone who lives their life unapologetically according to a belief system and a code of conduct that works for and makes sense to them irrespective of what others might think or feel. Make sure you connect with us on Mixcloud, on SoundCloud, and on iTunes. So go search for The Heathens Got to Life on all those platforms and subscribe. So, Marmy. Hi, bro. Hey. What new and exciting stuff is on your mind this week? What new and exciting stuff? You know what? This has been a chill week for me. Um, not much going on. Just working on sorting out. Um, who I'm going to be connected to next year and who I'm not going to be connected to. Oh, gosh. I am one of those people. I do um, yearly cleaning. <laughs> and if you have been useless all year, you will not be participating in the next round of life. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> so, um, and I actually had one friend who I ended up disconnecting with um, via text message, and it was really tough for me. But it felt like it needed to be done, and um, it was hard. But you disconnected via text message? That's so petty. It's a little petty. Um, but that's our main form of communication. So <laughs> if I don't call you year-round, I'm not going to call you to disconnect. I'm just going to be like, yo, I need some space. You know what I'm saying? Um, and also, on a much deeper note, I've been depressed all week. Really? And I did not know why until I realized that it was um, Rajan's birthday. Rajan, right? Oh, yeah. It's Rajan's birthday on the 20th. Um, that was like that was like 15 years ago. It was like 15 years ago. It's, it's crazy. Um, oh, and for the, for the world, Rajan was my first love. And I did not know that I was fell in love with the boy until after he died. <laughs> um, when, like, he's dead. And, like, now every year I'm born his birthday. And I have no idea why. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I feel shitty. I don't know why. And then I look on Facebook. And his sister's like, oh, today was my brother's birthday. And I'm like, that's why I feel like this. Him and his demonic spirit just, like, making me heavy. Oh. Oh, he was a demon, child. He was not good for me. <laughs> he was 10 not, years older than me. I could not stand him. He was, like, 26. I was, like, 16. You know, he so was a pedophile. Uh, he was trying his best to, like, leave me alone. He just couldn't get enough of this chocolate. He was um, such a jerk. No, i tell you what, though. But wait, I shouldn't speak ill of the dead. We should not speak ill of the dead. Tight. But he was also a gentleman because because I'm in this gay lifestyle, I assume that everyone who dies dies from AIDS. So I don't know how he died, but I'm assuming it's AIDS, just for my own closure. And he always refused to have sex with me. I wanted him to be my first, and he would not have sex with me. Probably because I was underage, but now in hindsight, it could have been because he was sick. I really don't know. But he did lose a lot of weight before he died. Um, and, um, yeah. So, it's just like, I feel, I, like, around this year, I always feel a little sad. Why? <sighs> it's because of the way that relationship ended. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just one of those things where he, like, he was sick. He disappeared. 
I was like, fuck it. He must not want to be with me no more. I'll leave it alone. I'm 16. I'm moving on. And then, like, a few months later, I'm like, you know, let me call him. I called his house phone. Back then, they still had house phones. And his mom answered. And she's like, oh, baby, he's dead. I'm Ooh. like, wait, what? <laughs> she was like, he died in, like, June. And I was, this was, like, six months after the fact. And I had a short conversation with her. And I couldn't even be real with her because I didn't know if they were aware of him being gay. He had a daughter. And um, I think he lived his life as a straight man. So I connected with his sister via Facebook after that, and I still don't even know if she knows the um, like the nature of, of of my relationship with him. So I just never got any closure. Oh. Yeah, it just it just feels really heavy. Oh, Marnie. I know that's why I'm in all black today, honey. We always were all black. I know I'm always depressed. You know. Anyway, <laughs> what's going on with you? Well. On a much lighter note. Thank you. Bring me up. I had a wonderful week, as I always do. I saw um, the Alvin Ailey Company twice. Um, Both programs were all new works. I always go to Ailey about three or four times a season so I can see all the new works. That's ridiculous, by the way. It is not ridiculous. (laughs) I fucking like the Alvin Ailey Dance Company. It Uh, is a tradition to go. If I want to see all the new works, because this is my my profession, mm -hmm. you jerk. Mm -hmm then it's incumbent upon me to see what they're doing. So I go enough times to see the new stuff. But do you pay for them out of your pocket? Yeah. That's not work. Why not? It's pleasure as well. Uh, if I'm doing something for work, I'm in It's not for work. Shit. No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a patron of the arts. Mm-hmm. I do support art and buy tickets to performances. And I choose to buy tickets to the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater at least three times a season. Well, and to that end, I'm still talking. <laughs> Wait, can I just tell the people that my kindergarten teacher, Miss Parsons, took me to see Alvin Ailey in kindergarten, and I've never forgotten it. Thank you, Miss Parsons. Good, because they are the company about they are the dance company by which all the dance companies <laughs> are measured. So anyway, as Continue. I was saying, Continue. as I was saying, <laughs> I went on. I went twice this week. There were all new programs on both on both days. That's amazing. Um, the on the first day, um, the pieces were well. The first piece was incredible. Um, the second piece was a two part, it was a two acts, and I didn't like it, so I left it intermission. Wait, what? I will leave a show if I don't like it. <laughs> Even Ellie. So, um, <laughs> and then um, so yeah, on that show, I went to I took I took my old boss Baraka. Who I call my sister, mother, friend, wife, mentor. I love her style. And it's our annual date. And then on, and then the next day, I took my work wife, Kyra. We went to dinner first, and then the show. And that program was so good, so 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 good. Like I could watch those works every day for like a month. <laughs> um, and then another thing, really lightly, I told you a bit earlier, but like remember that guy last week I was telling you about that I used to talk to, and then we, uh, he like randomly like called me but I didn't answer. Well talk I talked to him this week. And this <laughs> The prostitute. Okay. The, the prostitute. prostitute. Thank yes, you. I, Thank I mean, you. I wanted to yes. get it out. I was like, no, I'm gonna have some cooth today. But the trick, <laughs> the trick called again. What does he want? A lot of fucking nerve, right? What do you want? The long story short is He's like twenty two by the way. He's twenty five. <laughs> the the long story short, without going into the details of what we talked about, which was so pointless, is like I totally like now have the closure that we don't kick it and it's all good. good. An asshole is an asshole is an asshole. Right. And that's a lot coming from an asshole. It is. 
So if I call somebody an asshole, okay. that okay. motherfucker is is okay. is fucking certifiable. <laughs> Word. Word. <laughs> the other cool thing is um actually earlier today, we taped this show on Saturdays. Yep. Um so earlier today, my, my other annual tradition is that I play Black Santa. Um, for Kyra, my work wife, her dance school in South Orange. But she has a dance school? Well, she worked at this dance school that she, well, we, um, when she was a kid, she went there. Uh-huh. And now as an adult, she works there. Oh. And she and the other, and the other adults kind of run the dance school. I um, love that. So for the last, this might, this might be like my fifth year, um, I play Santa. And I'm not necessarily a fan of children in general. But I love, I love it. I like, you know, go in, I make a big entrance, I say, oh, 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 have my costume, and then I sit, Kyra, then the girls, they make me this little kind of Santa's area. So I sit down, and then all the little kids come and sit on my lap, and I say, hi, I say, what's your name? What can Santa bring you this year? And they tell me, and then I say, all right, Santa loves you, and then I send them on, on their way. Then we take pictures and all that. So the, kid, the, the parents get to come and take pictures with their kids with Black Santa. And you have the beard, so there you go. Well, I still wear the Santa white beard, oh, the white, man. long, white, curly beard and the white hair. Um, but it's it's really cute. It's really, really cute. And um, I make sure that they don't see me in my regular clothes because I want them to I want them to keep the magic of that's Santa. Right, that's so right. So I want to really protect that for them. Right. Um, so that was that was my week. Um, I still don't get. Un- I don't understand why you don't like children. Children are amazing. Children. I mean, except I, for when they sing. I don't like to hear children sing. They all sing in unison. You know, that bothers me. I don't like to hear children sing either. I don't know. Like no. I think, stop. It's the, I think it's the timbre of their voices. I don't like it's to annoying. hear children. I like to hear babies cry. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> that's I, I, the I truth ba- came out. <laughs> no, I could babies laugh. Evil I like motherfucker. I like to hear babies laugh. <laughs> I like to hear babies laugh, 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 yeah, laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't dislike children. I'm just not. You know how some people have have a have a um affinity for children or for elders right i have affinity for elders so elders i have all the patience for um but i don't have that for children um i'm just not wired that way but um and you don't want to have kids i do not want. i always try to get an update because i just think it's going to change one day i will say this over and over again god made me gay because i'm not meant to procreate i used to date this guy who had children and he didn't want to share his children with me he was like they're my children. I don't want them connected with you. That's fair. And um, I'm like, okay, so we're going to have more, right? He's like, no, I don't want any more kids. I'm, I'm already like, I'm snip snipped. And I'm like, we can't be together. That's done. <laughs> Either you're going to share your kids with me and we're going to be one family or you're going to go make a new family and forget them. Come on, I'm done with intros now. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. not a good person, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you do have questionable morals and behavior. <laughs> All of us can't go to Integrity Boot Camp and get fixed. I'm not fixed until I'm still mm-hmm. my usual self. Integrity Boot Camp. You say that as if I'm supposed to be a man? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to jump into this week's topic Let's because you are off on a tangent as you usually are. Let's do it. This week on the Heathen's Guide to Life, we're going to explore the principle, I'm not responsible for your feelings. <sighs> Kamar and I oftentimes refer to our Aunt Kia in many of in many of our episodes, especially last season. That's because she's played an integral role in shaping many of our respective views about life. As an aside, we need to have her on this show. I said that last season, you said now. Well, now I believe, now I agree with you. So damn fickle. 
Anyway, one of the principles um, that she instilled in me when I was young is that one is not responsible for another person's feelings. So basically, I took that as I'm not responsible for your feelings no matter what I say or do because how you choose to react is a choice that you make. And since I don't truly have any power over you, your feelings have nothing to do with me. And when she would say this to me, I was initially like infuriated because that kind of thinking didn't compute to me. So like, if my parents were to yell and scream and holler at me, then they were responsible for making me feel sad or hurting my feelings. If somebody on the playground at school pulled down my pants, then, then I would hold them responsible for my embarrassment. But eventually, I adopted this principle and it became a way of life for me. And I've been known to say all kinds of shit and feel no kind of way of if you're offended by it. Um, actually, I may apologize that I hurt your feelings, but that will be more of a function of kindness, more so the genuine concern about you and your feelings. Because I've always had it that I'm not responsible for your feelings, so it's my position that my responsibility is to be clear in delivering my message. But how you receive my message really has nothing to do with me. And that approach has always worked for me. Um, being able to separate my attachment to people's feelings made me feel enlightened, actually. Like I was operating on a higher level than most people. It fed my ego. But it insulated me from actually connecting with people in a meaningful way. I'm so glad you said that. Because that's the <laughs> part that I always had an issue with. And I mean, I, I adopted the same principle in a way. But when I became an adult, I realized that this is a scapegoat. It's a scapegoat to remove yourself from the pain that your words or actions can cause. And when you're disconnected from that pain, then you, um, you're free to just do whatever you want. And that's why I never really, um, I adapted it and I, I did my own thing with it that we mm -hmm. can talk about later, but I just wanted to um, interject there really quick and I'm glad you made that point. I'm glad I made that point too, because I've since learned that I was very disconnected from people. That's why. Um, and I just kind of have, although I really do love people, but I do have an uncanny way of disassociating with people like in, a, in an instant. I can never explain how I did yeah, it. Yeah. I understand how I do that now. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I no longer think that's the way to live. Our words, as you said, our words and actions impact each other in ways that we oftentimes don't know. And as a result, we are responsible for the impact that we have on others. But here's a twist. People's feelings, their reaction, is rooted in some meaning they've created based on their life experience. Oh, say that. Say that again, Or please. even something else they're going through, but not, but, but they might not be even present to it. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes, what you're reacting to is a story you've created about said thing, more so than what's actually happening right in front of you. Mm -hmm. I'll use an example. I have a friend um, who is very near and dear to my heart. So he lives in D.C. He's in grad school. And he was in a he was in a dither because he's low on money and he was applying for these jobs. One job was one that he really, really wanted. Another he was kind of lukewarm about, and one he didn't want at all, but he needed he needed to work. Mm. So he had called me one day and asked me, he was this is about the job that he really wanted. He was like, um, I just had this interview, I just had this call or something with them um, on Friday. Like, should I contact them now? This was Monday. I said, I said, no, in essence, you just had the interview yesterday. So you need to wait at least a week. So I'm setting a stage here. He had, he had enough trust in me to ask my opinion about how to handle this one thing, right? So then we keep talking about the other jobs and I'm like, well, all right, my advice to you is that 
um, you, I forget what, I, it was something like, don't take much stock in the one that you don't want. Whatever it was, it was something that I was just, it was, it was, an, it was an observation I made. Mm -hmm. And he got really mad at me. He was like, what do you think? I don't know what I'm doing. And da 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 And I was like, what? You asked me my opinion about one thing, so I'm giving you my opinion about something else. Well, it's, it's, um, you, you acting like, I don't know what to do here. And I said, what are you reacting to? Mm. What are you really reacting to? Because what you're reacting to and what I said are two different things. Yeah. I'm reacting to, um, you making me feel like I, I, like, that I'm inept. I'm like, that's not what I said. I said a very specific thing, a very specific action, and you are reacting to something totally different. Yeah. What are you reacting to? Eventually, he said, you know, I just feel insecure about me having to apply for this, these, these jobs that I really don't want anyway. And I really feel insecure that, you know, I um, don't have enough money and I have to even consider working a job that I don't really want. I said, thank you for being honest. But I say all that to say that, um, what he was feeling, what he was reacting to, was some story he made up in his mind that had nothing to do with what I was saying. Yeah. And so, in that sense, I can't say I'm responsible for his feelings because he, because what he was feeling wasn't what I was talking about, mm -hmm. but I still, I'm still responsible for the impact that I had on him. So clearly I said something and, and, this, and, and, and I, I struck a chord with him. Yeah. So I was responsible though for standing with him and working it through, helping him to identify what, what he was actually saying. was yes, reacting that's to. That's what's important. It was. So the previous me would have been like, yo, nigga, like, I'm, no, why you acting like that? Right. That got nothing to do with me. You got to figure it out. See, the thing is, this is not a principle to allow you to just go around and be reckless about your thoughts and your actions and do whatever you want to do. But once you really incorporate this principle into your life, you have to be mindful of what others, what their triggers are. If you yeah. love me and if I'm important to you, then I think you have a responsibility to just know me well enough to know that if I'm blowing up on you, it's a, um, a symptom of a bigger problem. But if I don't know what, what your triggers are, then I have a responsibility to, I, to ask you, That's to right. identify. And if I did trigger them, if I triggered mm -hmm. them, whether I know it or not, then it is up to me right. to stand with you to, 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 to identify what happened. There you go. What's going on? Because again, what, what we oftentimes react to is something that's going on in our head, in our minds, and not what the actual thing is in front of us. There you go, because it could just be something, like you said, a story that's rooted in some pain. And you can say one thing or have one tone that just triggers something. And then all of a sudden, their feelings are hurt, but it's not you, but you were a vessel for that trigger. So right, right there, because you're involved, it, it kind of makes you responsible because you trigger the emotion. Now, on the flip side, I think this principle also, um, it frees you from a lot of the things that hold us hostage. Mm -hmm. Because if you just keep it in your mind that, no, I'm not responsible for your feelings, but I care enough to, to, um, to handle you with care, if that makes any sense. I, um, I'm very present to... I'm responsible for the impact that I have. Yeah. And I have another story um, that really that really sealed this home for me and kind okay. of kind of um, what caused this shit. happened recently? Recently. Okay. So I slept with a married woman. Oh my goodness. Right? She's somebody that I know very well. 
but we slept together several times actually. Um, I knew her. I knew her husband. We all hung out. We have gone. I've been at their house. You know, I wouldn't say that we were friends. Like I would. I wouldn't hang out with him like one on one. But like he definitely accepted me into the into the circle of friends, right? So eventually, he found out that we slept together, and he was, of course, like delirious with anger. He wanted to throw. He was. He was like, "Yo, if I see Katat, I'm gonna punch the motherfucker in his mm. face." Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh," but I was like, well, "I'm sorry that he feels that way. I didn't really do anything to him." <laughs> See how you use that as a scapegoat? Wait, a, but so yes, I'm getting somewhere with this, yeah. right? So actually, when I did Landmark, um, I integrity boot camp. When I did Landmark, <laughs> you're not gonna let you're not gonna talk poorly about something that you don't know about, Kamar. How am I talking poorly about it by saying what it is? Integrity boot camp is minimizing what it is. You're okay. making fun of it. I'm not gonna let you make fun of it until you actually do it. Oh, because you have morals. I know. <laughs> about my morals. Go ahead. Tell your story. So anyway, so when I was doing, I talked about this story, right? And the and the and the and the form leader, the um, the leader of the course that I was taking, um, kind of coached me in this, and he was like, because I wanted to apologize to him, more so just to apologize. But I still really didn't feel like I did anything wrong. Mm. I still don't feel like I did anything wrong. I did what I did <laughs> because I had the consent of the person that I did it with. Lord. But I was totally not being mindful of the possible impact that I had on this man, right? So mm-hmm. what I became present to is, yeah, not only did I see with his wife, but I assaulted his manhood, his, his masculinity. What if... How does he now talk to his parents about? Because um, he and he and my friend have since broken up. They're getting a divorce. Um, but how do how do um, how does he talk about what happened with his friends and family? If anybody else that he knows knows what really happened um, between me and that woman, like how does that impact him? What does that do to his all of him to his being? And I was like. What I became really present to is that I really didn't care. Now, what about someone who says, if she didn't sleep with you, she would have slept with someone else? That's So it doesn't matter. I think that's beside the point. I think mm. it has nothing to do with this conversation. Okay. Um, because if she did, then that's not related to, that's not related to this particular topic. Mm. Um, that doesn't absolve me from doing what I did. doesn't absolve her. Um, so, and so in staying with this situation... Um, I became really present to I really don't care about people and so the way that I was able to say I'm not responsible for your feelings the way that I could just do or say something and a person has all kind of reactions and I'm like but how you react has, has, has nothing to do with me drilled home that I really don't care about people yeah, fucked up. so now I've had this kind of paradigm shift in my mind and I still do hold that I can't control your feelings because your feelings are a function of you, of your reaction based on your own life experience. But I do have an impact on people. Exactly. Um, and I'm responsible <clears throat> for that. I'm responsible for being um, mindful of the impact I have on people. And I'm responsible for impacting people in a way that, that gets them to their highest good. Um, which is a new concept for me. Because again, I never cared about people. 
I never realized how much how much I didn't care about people. And it's not just me that don't care about people. We oftentimes go in life and do stuff and say things with no regard for how they impact the next person. Even in a way that we defend what we did, even knowing that we had an impact on somebody that probably hurt them. And I, um, so now, again, I'm of the mind that we just have to not even be mindful of how we impact people. We have to stand with them. If we say or do something and we inadvertently hurt somebody, then it's incumbent upon us to get complete with it. It's incumbent upon us to identify what we did, to recognize it, and to stand with that person and um, come to resolution. I think you just have to move through life with a sense of empathy and think about how you would feel if the same thing was done to you. Would you like it? How would you, how would you react to that? Um, and it's important to realize how you deal with strangers and how you deal with people you love. Sometimes they can be different. You may not care about how you make a stranger feel. And, you know, <laughs> that, that can be questionable um, morale on your part. But the truth is a lot of people don't care about folks who they are not connected with. But if you love me, I expect you to handle me with care. I expect you to be empathetic to what I'm feeling. And even if I'm reacting to something totally different, it's like you want to know what that is because you don't want to make the same mistake again. You don't want to see me in a place where I'm hurt and in pain again. So I think we have a responsibility to care about how we make other people feel. And I say make people feel because you are the vessel that's leading to that hurt emotion. I, don't, I still do hold that I can't make you feel any kind of way. <clears throat> yeah. I can impact you. I can, I can impact you. And the impact that I have on you, you make a choice you react to what that impact is based on your based on the sum total of your life experiences so i really didn't i really don't make you feel any kind of way but i am responsible for the impact that i make that i have on you that's what i can stand in that's what's that's what makes sense to me still because again your feelings your reactions are based on what story you made in your mind about what that thing is, and it oftentimes isn't even what happened in front of you. But think about how you would handle a situation where if you wanted a person to feel bad, you know what to say, you know what to do to make them feel bad because you know their triggers and you can presume based on what you know about that person, how they're gonna react to stuff. So if you, if you want to just piss me off and make me cry, you can do that right now because you know what to say or do. Now, just because you do that, Oh, people can't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that doesn't compute to me. I mean, yeah, me as a person, I don't intentionally make people feel. Yeah, bad. but just because but you yes. do it unintentionally, it yes. doesn't change the fact that what you said just had a. Re I had a reaction to that, and you weren't mindful of what you didn't presume what that reaction could or or, or, or may not be. I might not have known. You might not know. Which is why, which is again, which is why I can say I'm responsible for <clears> having <throat> an impact on you. Mm. I still would I still hold true that I'm not responsible for your feelings only in that your feelings and your reaction is based on something that I have nothing to yeah, do with. Yeah. And I like the way you said it earlier. Um, I forgot exactly how you said it, but what I got from it was just to operate differently going forward and then just deal with the fallout as it happens. Yeah. That's you know, what I, I think that's what's important. Okay, I didn't mean to get to this place, but we're here. How can I prevent this from happening again? How can I um, help you get through this? Because now you're, you're having a reaction that has nothing to do with me, but I'm here, I'm present, I'm a part of it. So like, you know, I'm gonna stand with you. Whereas old you, I would assume we're just like, all right, well, you're having a moment, I'm gonna hang up. <laughs> 
out kind of my I, I would very much I would I would be like you know what you're going through something you need to handle that yeah. and I'm gonna remove myself <laughs> that is that so my new thing is that when a person that if I say or do something and a person like has a strange reaction I I now say what are you reacting to mm. what are you really reacting to are you acting to what I said? Did what I say trick or something? And that's where I stand at now yeah. because I'm so, I'm so, I've so adopted, um, and I've so adopted that I'm responsible for the impact that I have on you. And um, I actually do care about people in a way that I didn't before. Mm -hmm. So because I care about people, not just strangers or my family, I care about people, and I care. I know that I impact people in ways that I would never know something as simple um, as like flashing a smile to a stranger could have a tremendous impact on them and I would never know I'm just being my usual jovial self and I smiled at them or you know that one time I passed by a homeless person actually looked them in the eye and acknowledged them and said hello good day who knows what that could have done for that person's self esteem right so every little action that we have impacts people and so I'm really really present about um really present about what that means you know last year um we were talking about the show and i forget what the topic was exactly but i was like listen i have responsibility to be myself <laughs> and you about know i'm not trying to influence people but you know all i can do is all i can do is um live my life and if it impacts people great but if but that's not my that's not my intent or my goal mm. i feel differently now it is my goal to impact people. So I do have responsibility to be really measured in my words, to use my words with intent, um, to use my actions with intent, knowing that um, everything I do and say impacts people in some kind of way. So I wanna make sure that the way that, that the way I govern myself, the way I live my life, um, that I'm mindful of the impact that has on others around me. And so I feel responsibility people in a different kind of way now and those are the type of things that makes me want to either mentor a child or have a child because when you get a heads up in life imagine what your life could have been if you were like this all the time if true you, if you grew up thinking that way and i think we have a responsibility to pass things on to the next generation because i didn't always think about that when i was a kid right you know but uh hey that's that's good it's good I grow. I get over myself, and I grow and I learn new things. Praise God. I do. Praise God. I do. I'm not too good to get over myself. Like I tell everybody else. Hey, hey. That's what it's about. So I don't really have anything else to say. Um, any other examples? I think mm. I used two really good ones, and I got personal and all yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but do you have anything more that you want to make sure that our listeners get from this? Well, definitely. I think you did a good, a good job of speaking from the um, the point of view from the person who who's actually delivering the the hurt feelings. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but you're, you're delivering the blow. But to the person who's receiving the blow in life, I think it's important to express yourself. And when you're in the moment, you may not have to um, react to something right away. You know, it might be after you have a conversation with me or someone else, and then you think about how that encounter, how you felt in the middle of that encounter, mm -hmm. you know, how you felt after, because feelings are important. Feelings are, I always say this, there are, there, it's the way how God communicates with us. So that feeling that you get, it may not have nothing to do with the person who delivered it, but it's something, you have to take something from that. I have to say though, I, I think that, I think <clears throat> what, what you're saying is feeling might be intuition. I think intuition lives there. 
intuition lives in your emotions because when, like if I'm talking to you and you're just, you know, talking and all of a sudden I get a bad feeling in my stomach and then all of a sudden I feel sad, you know, and I leave that encounter feeling a certain kind of way and I'm in a certain mood, a, a person who's not in the know could react to that and just be like, you know what, you're dumping on me right now and I don't have time for da da da. And what it really is, is that you're like, like you're whoever, God is telling you something about what's going on right here. And if you ignore your feelings, then you will walk away missing the whole point. So I, I think feelings and intuition, I think it's all wound up into one. Because if, if, if your higher power is talking to you, you're not always going to hear a voice. You're going to feel something. You're going to get an emotion that's strong. And you have to question that emotion. You have to question where it's coming from. There you go. Question, yeah. Why do I feel this way? Yeah. What is it that I'm feeling? Yeah. Yeah. Which goes back to what are you reacting to? That's right. And and just to put it back on you, you have to be mindful of the other person's past. You know, you and, and when a person's feeling something, you got to get to the root of it. Um, what's your triggers? And when you know that, you know how to care for a person going forward. You know, like I, this principle is not an excuse to remove you from whatever is going, whatever is going on. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it's important for people to just implement this type of thinking into their lives because it, it lets you be free. Because you, you, you're going, you're, you're becoming introspective mm-hmm. as opposed to pointing a finger at someone and saying, you did this, you did this, you did this. And it's like, no, why did I receive this this way? And you may tap into something that you didn't even know you were dealing with. And because of this this one encounter, now it's it's all opened up. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's important. Um, I'll end with um, this little summary. Simply put, while I'm not responsible for your feelings, I am responsible for the impact I have on you and your life. To that end, I have a responsibility to stand for my fellow humans and to be authentic and maintain my integrity so that the intent of my actions are for the highest good of the next person. Mm. If I inadvertently say or do something that negatively impacts a person, then I have a responsibility to stand with them until the matter is complete, until we have resolution. I must own my own behavior. However, it is equally important to ensure that the other person makes a distinction between what happened and what they're reacting to and why. And it's my responsibility to be part of that process. And you know what, I also want to add, add one more thing. Just to the person receiving it, make sure you give yourself time to process how you feel and to process what's going on in front of you. Because again, it may not have anything to do with the other person, but it may be all about you. It probably is all and about you. And once you realize that, you can change the angle of the conversation and you can change the internal dialogue that you have with yourself and reclaim your power, honey. Because that's what it's all about. Yeah, you can't process, you can't get rid of, you can't kind of work through something that you don't own as yours. You have to own it first. And once you own it, then you have all power to do something with it. Mm -hmm. I like how you put that. Yeah. So on that note, Mm -hmm. let's talk some shit. So this is the time for me and Kamar to to air out the things that grind our gears. (laughs) So I'm going to start with... Baby hair. Oh, I love baby hair. I am so sick. <laughs> I'm so annoyed. Actually, no, I'm really annoyed with this like attention to baby hair, right? Like when I was um the last time I the last time I saw my niece, she was like, Uncle, do you know how to lay edges? I'm like, what the hell is laying edges? Like it's really a thing. That's it's a thing. A thing. Yeah. And it's like you see 
I just the attention to like these edges and these baby yeah. hair things. It's it's really a thing, and I'm like, it's I think it's gone too far. The designs, <laughs> the techniques, it. the like, it's it's too much. Well, you know, I'm I'm a person who watches culture, and I always think about where things originate. And the thing is, it's with lace fronts. When you have a lace front, the most important thing is the edges because that's how you can give that realness effect. So the lace fronts going this way, but then you pull some of your real hair down and go <laughs> that way. So it looks like all this is blending. So the girls who are wearing the natural hair and um, who, who, who aren't wearing weaves. They're trying to compete with the lace fronts? A little bit, because this is the look now. When you see a girl on TV, <laughs> most likely she's gonna be wearing a lace front. Her edges are gonna be laid. <laughs> and, and when the lace fronts came out. Now we have this thing where we're paying attention to edges and we realize a lot of us ain't got none. <laughs> okay? So it's very important if you have edges to put them on display. <laughs> this has been going on for about two and a half years now. Actually, it has not. Baby hair has always been a thing with colored no, people. No, no. This particular, what you're talking about, has been going know, on for about is. two and a half it's years It's been longer now. than that. Has it? The lace front revolution has been, it's been, it's been more than two years. But see, on. Beyonce them was doing it and people, they just thought they had good weaves. People are, now lace front is like in our lexicon. But don't forget that Beyonce and actually, I think even even before Beyonce was Mary J. Blige, yeah. MJB had the But nobody wigs. knew, nobody right. knew. Only you had you had to have a lot of money and mm -hmm. that was like high culture. That was like, you know, mm -hmm. and now the masses have adopted and, this. And, and not only that, they're doing it themselves. Oh, oh baby, Don't baby. get me started on the false hairlines, oh. on the circular hairlines. Anyway, I say all that to say that I'm just annoyed. I'm just annoyed at like this attention <laughs> to like the baby hair. Like baby I, hair. I understand having refinement to your hair, but like this whole laying edges and how much time you got to spend the whole edge control, the whole control, market baby. of products for this. Got to be glued. I just like just <laughs> stop. Anyway, Kamar. On so your I have like two things to talk shit about. One of them is really me talking shit about myself because I was telling you uh -huh. earlier uh -huh. about how I'm one of those folks that if I tell you, just leave me alone, don't bother me. I may want to express that, but if you really leave me alone and don't bother me, I'm gonna be a little hurt. That's the most ass backwards <laughs> bitch thing. I, I can't. How are you going to get mad at somebody doing the very thing that you asked them to do? <laughs> I, that is so fucking Scorpio. That's why I'm talking shit about it. it uh, yeah, it, it's not, yeah. It's not right, but it's how I feel. And I had a friend recently, and I was like, you it's know, set up. I was like, you know what? We just need, we need some space, whatever, because you're going through some shit right now, and you know, I'm going through some stuff. Let's just let's just chill for a second. And he never talked. He never texted me back. <laughs> I was like. He did the thing that you asked him to do, and like, he mad. I'm like, oh, so now I know that you can you can just go on about your life and live without me. I'm not that important to you. Because if I was important to you, you would have checked in on me, but instead you left me for dead. Come on, what are you really reacting to in that? I think, you, what, I know what I'm reacting what? to. I mean, I always felt like I was, you know, no, I'm not getting that deep on the air. No, no, I don't know what I'm reacting to. I'm mad. Whatever. So clearly, you're reacting, you're reacting to something. I'm in no goddamn sense. I'm not about to give. I'm not giving you all my tea on the air. Whatever. But I'll tell you later. So uh, I want. I do recognize the the, uh, the craziness of it all, and I do want to talk shit about folks who ask for something and then that crazy when they get it. You gotta be able. I guess get over that and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find a way eventually. How about whatever. be intentional in your word and actually say the things that you want, ask for things that you actually want? You know, I don't I don't know how much time we have here, but I will say 
when I I was I was for real when I said we need to take a little break and you know going back and forth with the texting and stuff but it would have been nice for the person to at least express that that was tough for them to do maybe it wasn't tough for them and that's hurtful for me because it was tough for me to do it so not everybody act like you not everybody has not everybody processes their emotions look how you do you can't expect motherfuckers to act like you do I think we all have different needs and if you know me you know what I need not if you don't say it you know how what I mean. how can a person just automatically assume through osmosis that they know what you no, need if had, you don't had, articulate we've had that? Conversations about me having the classic middle child syndrome. I need to know that I'm loved at all times. Oh, I need you to be excited to see me. I need you to tell me that you love me. Tell me that you want me in your life repeatedly through words. Oh my God, I'm a lot. I, I have no. I'm so glad I don't date people like you. Mm, you're lucky. <laughs> yes, I am. I would, yo, I would, I couldn't. The asshole me will come out so quickly. I'd be like, you know, we, I can't, I can't. But the, I can't. the upside is so amazing. I don't know about that. You're so, um, the other thing I want to talk shit about is also a little bit of me too. Ooh. People who thinks all guys are gay. <laughs> oh yeah, Kamal, you are so inappropriate about that kind of shit. You always project your gay on people. I'm like, so everyone's a little bit gay, but sometimes they're not. So sometimes they really aren't. <laughs> I want to talk shit about that too, because everybody's not a little bit gay. Everybody's not a little bit gay. Some people actually are very clear in what they want and don't want, and dick ain't always all. And dick ain't people know they don't want dick. A little booty. <laughs> a hole is not a hole. A mouth is not a mouth. <laughs> I'm done. I, I had to talk shit about myself, but that's it. That's it. That's How self-centered of you? Oh, of course, honey. I'm gonna I'm gonna close out with talking shit about Christmas. Oh, I'm gonna talk shit about Christmas time because, like, people are in a dither about <laughs> buying gifts for everybody, who to buy gifts for, and scrounging and getting stressed out, and going to the mall, and going here right. and there and there, right. trying to buy gifts for motherfuckers, like. I um, no longer participate in the frenzy of Christmas time. Um, I get gifts to people when I'm gonna get them, all, all during the year. If I see something that, that I think that they'll like, or I wanna do a kind gesture, that's when I do it. In fact, I, in fact, to me, it's more meaningful to give a gift mm-hmm. randomly yes. any time of the year when it's not related to a holiday or their birthday or something like that. Because that, for me, shows real caring. Um, Getting gifts now shows this shows obligation. Uh, sometimes you do. I mean, if it's for political reasons, a work thing, you have to get a client or um, a vendor, you know, a greeting card or something, just to kind of be part of this of the, of the season. I kind of understand, but I guess I'm talking shit about the people that spend all their that don't have no money mm-hmm. and they spend the little money they have to buy Christmas gifts because out of obligation. It's buying gifts out of obligation. And if you if you just love Christmas and you do love to spread the holiday cheer, and that's what and that's how you um that's joy for you, then fine. But I'm talking shit about those that do Christmas out of obligation. Um Most and of not them out have of, children though. A lot of people do it for their kids. And teach their kids then teach the kids something different. How about that? How about that? Another reason why yeah. I haven't done because I can't. Oh my goodness. My maternal grandmother is all about gifts. And um, that's how you show love to her. You show love to her by buying her things. So um, this year, I don't think she's getting shit though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to just keep it real with you. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the bullshit. 
<laughs> well, baby, I've been done with the bullshit for years. Now, I will buy gifts for people um, that I've been thinking of and just because I want to, but it's something about the idea of you expecting me to do stuff for you that it's, makes me not want to do it. It's the obligation. It's, it's the, the obligation. obligation. doesn't yeah. work for me either. Yep, 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 yep. Well, that's our time together. That's our time together. We hope to not only entertain you, but to provide you with some new or different perspective about the various topics we discuss. Mm -hmm. Join the conversation and share your thoughts on today's topic. Please. And look us up on Facebook and Instagram. It's really easy. Just on Facebook, search for The Heathen's Guide to Life. And on Instagram, it's at Heathen's Guide, no apostrophe S. Also, look us up, The Heathen's Guide to Life, on Mixcloud, on Soundcloud, and on iTunes. And be sure to subscribe. Doing it, bang. Tune in next week for another episode of The Heathen's Guide to Life. I'm Kay Ibn Latif. I'm Kay LaShawn. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Yo, 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 yo,